Hello everyone and welcome back. This is Creator Spotlight, our conversation with content creators and amazing people who do epic things with live videos. I'm your host, Randy. Today we have a excellent show planned for you today. We're gonna go over all the facets of live streaming for churches, including marketing them as well. But before we get into that, I just wanna talk a bit about Restream Studio. Restream Studio is what we're using to host today's show. It goes live to all of your multiple channels at once and is by far the simplest way to go live. If you wanna start your own live show using Restream Studio, you can start it going using restream.io slash studio. As I said before, our conversation today is about live streaming and marketing for churches with our guest, Frank Berry, part of the founding team and CEO at Thively. Or Thively and I'm sure he's gonna jump on and correct me with the pronunciation. I've been struggling with that a little bit. He is a marketing and technology professional with nearly 10 years of service in the software industry. Frank has also spent time working with in-demand uh, generation marketing, product marketing, and other professional services. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Frank. Hey, what's going on, Randy? So, Good to see you, man. Good to see you as well. Thanks for being on today's show. And again, I apologize for butchering the name of the company again. Don't worry. We're it, just for everybody. It's called Tithely. So it's the word tithe from the Old Testament in the Bible. So that's where the name Genesis comes from. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's built into my brain to overpronounce everything. When I first started restreaming, I <laughs> restream and putting too much evidence or my even my own username, I tend to mess up as well. So I've given you a bit of an intro, but I'd love for you to give like a, your quick elevator pitch directly to our audience as to who you are, what you do and, and what you're going to be talking about today. Yeah, for sure. I guess the, the short version is went to school, college or university, depending on where you're watching from for computer science, but jumped into kind of a ministry role working for a local church right out of college. Did that for about five years, working with like junior high school kids doing youth ministry, which was a blast and kind of crazy times. And then after that, got my first tech job at a company that made software for nonprofits. So for kind of charities doing online fundraising, sending emails, running events, doing different kind of fundraising activities, those kind of things. So I spent probably about 12 years at that company and that company was acquired by another a bigger company in the industry. So I spent about 12 years there, give or take, and I bounced around. So I did professional services and consulting for our customers and helping them get up to speed on the software. I did product management, product marketing, and my last probably three years I worked in our payments. So we had a payments division doing kind of online payments and payment processing, things like that. So got to do a bunch of fun stuff, learned a ton. And then the, all of that translated into getting tidally started about five years ago, a little over five years ago, and uh, taking all that tech experience, payments experience and church experience, uh, along with three other great guys, Dean, our CEO, Barn, his son, who's our CTO, and then Steve, our CFO, getting things cranking. So now I serve as the COO, doing a lot of operational kind of things and trying to be the glue for the company in a way. It sounds like you've really run the full gambit. You've got almost expertise from every single side of the 20 side dice, if you will. So it leads me to, I guess, my first question, which is how do churches see marketing and faith-based organization? How do they view marketing these days and marketing themselves? I feel like it's almost 
like an afterthought when you're running a mm -hmm. faith-based organization or a church to think about right. marketing yourselves. Yeah, different churches. Look, there's just in the U.S. alone, there's over 300,000 churches. And you've got churches that are 300 years old, like the building or the place they've been meeting. And then you've got churches that planted yesterday. So you have a big range of types of churches and more traditional style churches and then more modern style churches. You've got churches with older demographics and younger demographics. So in a lot of ways, it depends on the church. But I will say that generally speaking, churches aren't sitting around thinking about like marketing and communications. They're not, they don't naturally think like pastors and church leaders don't think of themselves as marketers, right? They're there to take care of people, pastor people, counsel people, help people know the Bible, build community, those kind of things, but really connecting in a way in their local community and having a brand that they're known for isn't something they oftentimes just sit around really thinking about. But I will say, look, there's, I'm part of a massive church communications group on Facebook where there's, I don't even know the number. It's something like 50,000 people and they're all church communications people. And that again, spans the gamut. They might be sending the weekly newsletter, or they might be running Facebook ads and doing a bunch of social media work. It's all over the map. <laughs> the church is very diverse. Makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned community and engagement. So it, it leads me to just want to mention some people I see here in the chat. Hello, Raymond and Julia from YouTube. I see that Julia is joining us here from Brazil. If you guys are joining us in the chat, feel free to let us know where you're watching from. Love it. So we can see that. As for my next question, which kind of leads off of engagement as well, his mission is to increase giving and engagement for churches. How does engagement translate into giving in the church kind of sense? Yeah. I mean, like people don't, churches are different than a normal charity kind of thing. Like people give to their church. It, it stems from an overflow. It comes out of their faith mm -hmm. and their trust in God and their obedience to the scriptures. And giving is something that in terms of following the Bible and following Jesus, that's something that's taught very frequently. So people give out of their, their faith, but having a close connection and feeling like you're very much part of your local church and you have a lot of relationships in that church and it's maybe your family's tied in and your kids are part of youth groups and all that kind of stuff. And all those things matter. And then buying into just the vision of the church and where you where you think the, the church is headed and how it's growing and how it's serving the community. All those things play a factor, but the biggest component is your personal faith, right? Your own belief and your own kind of faith and obedience to the scripture. I guess that's the foundation, but engagement's a big deal. When you're engaged and you're active, you're coming to small group Bible studies and you're going to midweek devotionals and you're going to church on Sunday, whether it's in person or online nowadays, and you're participating with your small group, having dinners and doing things on the weekends. Like when you're engaged like that, it's out of the overflow of the heart. Like you'll want to be even more generous because you're being filled up and the church is meeting a big need for you. Giving and engagement are very much tied together. Makes sense. Like creating a community that's not only accessible by heading towards your brick and mortar churches, but also accessible during the pandemic when you're at home or when you're yeah. commuting or when you're at work, just getting that the ability to connect with one another. And that totally makes a lot of sense. 
And it leads me to my next question, which is about live product launches mm -hmm. and Thizely. I'm so sorry if I keep pronouncing that wrong. I feel like we're going to get it right by the end. It's okay. By the end of the show, you're going to have it. You're going to be nail. drilled so far into my head that I'll, I'll dream about Just it. Just think it's a hard T tithe. Tithely. Okay. Yeah. I got it. And everybody watching it is going to know the, the this name. It's going to be drilled <laughs> into their head forever, which it should be. So how do live product launches uh, on social work for Tithely? We, man, we love live. I don't think we're pros at it or I've learned everything, but last year we decided to start shipping, like doing these big product launches once a quarter. So I think our first one was the middle of last year. And we were like, Hey, let's just do this thing live. We were already doing like live interviews, very similar to this. Like I do a live show every week. I've got a guest on. It's usually a church leader or a pastor of some sort. And we do a little 20 minute, 30 minute kind of show. And so we're like, let's do this. Let's do a quarterly product launch and let's go live. Let's go live on Facebook and YouTube. That's our main two spots. And let's announce all the new things that we've been working on and new features, new products, bug fixes, all the things. We did the first one and we had, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but we had a couple thousand people on live and the comments are just going bananas and we're doing giveaways like MacBooks and AirPods and swag and stuff like that. And we're just having a good time engaging with the audience. It's me and our CEO, Dean, We like the two of us get on and we'll play product videos from some of our product managers, which are recorded, but me and Dean will do commentary and chat, and highlight different things along the way. And they run about an hour. And the very first one was in one of our guys' apartments in his spare bedroom with a table, me and Dean at a table, two mics, two guys right on the other side of the table with a two camera shot and then Levi running like the live stream on something. I don't even know what we used. And we had a crazy like delay at the beginning and did something weird and the webpage wasn't working. And, and But at the end of the day, like it was a great outcome because we had a couple thousand people watching live and then a few thousand more watched the recording later. So ton of fun. We've since done two more. So we've done three total. Our next one, somewhere in the August, September timeframe, I think we had three, 4,000 people watching live with about 10,000 that registered for the event. So we'll do like a pre-registration, let people know when it's coming, give them the link to the live stream, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and our next one's coming up in March. So we've got a big launch event, March 30th, and uh, we're hoping to get 5,000 plus watching live. It sounds like you really, for the live streams, have a mix of everything going on so that it's really engaging with the chat. Sounds really we, awesome. we try. The chat is almost the best part. Like I'm sitting there as like a host, like with my phone wanting to pay attention to the chat because it's just so much going on. It's so much going on and we love serving our customers. So we love hearing from them. We love seeing them be active and a part of that conversation and just engaging with them. It's just a great time. Like it's a great moment for the whole company as well as our customers, because we're obviously shipping new product, yeah. but and the company gets to celebrate. So it is a really cool moment and it's a product launch. So everybody's done it. That's a software mm -hmm. company, but doing it and having this live component and doing like a big announcement all packaged together has been a lot of fun. 
So speaking of community engagement, we had some questions from the community that, that perfectly coincide with what you were talking about, which I'll get to in just a second. I just wanted to say hello to Randall and Grace, who have joined us in the live chat from Chicago and Dallas, respectively. Come on, Chicago. Oh, and Dallas. I, like it's freezing and snowing in both those places, I think. Yeah, but I think at least in one of those places, you might have a little bit more warmth. I feel like Dallas is under that too cold, too cool for school almost. So we actually had a question here from Grace who played into exactly what you're saying there, which is how do churches create the professional high touch experience that draws people to uh, people of faith community with live video mm -hmm. and how do they keep people plugged into that? Yeah. Grace, that's a great question. And as you figure it out, please come back and share. It's, it's hard. I got, I'll start with it's hard. Like I, I go to church. Our family's been going to church for a long time. We go every week. We've been going live stream, watching it online for now because, you know, we're in San Diego, California. Our school, our church rents a middle school to have services in, which is very common for churches to rent a facility. But creating an engaging online experience is really hard. I think a couple things that I've seen really help churches is number one, having hosts. So people that come on at the beginning, maybe even a little bit before service, usually two people, and they're just trying to like spark engagement in the chat. And so they're calling people out. They're like, Hey, Susan, great to see you online this morning. What'd you eat for breakfast? Or, Hey, Bob, like long time no see. Looks like you're having a blast over there because they posted a picture on Instagram. Like they're really trying to engage the audience that's coming on. And this kind of the second part of that is getting the audience to be active in the chat. Like really trying to, not everybody's going to chat. Not everybody's sitting on their phone. They might have it on their TV. They might be on the computer. They might be making breakfast. They might still be laying in bed. You have all these different dynamics going on, but having the hosts who are engaging and really working at getting people to participate in the chat and then using the chat and having people in the comments really sparking up the conversation and using questions, just asking people where they're watching from, what they're doing after church, even after the lesson, what do you guys think about the lesson? Stick around for a few minutes. All those things uh, can help get people, instead of just sitting passively on the couch, they're in the chat and engaging in that way. And it's a digital fellowship, right? It's like, I can't be in the church lobby or in the sanctuary, giving people a hug, shaking hands, having those conversations, unless your church is meeting back in the building. So trying to create that in the chat. And Grace, the last thing that I've seen churches uh, really doing well or getting better and better at is after church, they create breakout rooms on Zoom. And so they'll just have Zoom rooms and small groups will get together and they'll just do variations of 15 minute fellowship right after church. Here's the Zoom link. Everybody hop in that wants to, and then they'll split the groups out into like smaller subgroups. So I think the Zoom kind of small group fellowship after church has been a cool thing too. I think that's a really cool idea to build into that extra engagement. You're here, you're on stream with us. And then afterwards you get to connect with us one-on-one, -on -one, dive into those deeper questions, dive into the scripture itself. That's those breakout rooms sound like a really good idea. Yeah. Um, I noticed we have a comment here from Julia and it coincides with, we were a little late to our stream today uh, just some issues <laughs> on the back end. Only uh, a few minutes. Only a few minutes. And we have uh, Julia asking almost 
here. Frank, have you ever had an oh no moment during a live stream? And if so, how did you deal with it? Oh um, my gosh. I've got two great ones. The second one I'll spend more time on, but our very first product launch, Julia, when we did like an official product launch, we're going live, me and Dean, we're doing this kind of big thing. We've got recordings, all that. We launched it, like we went live and it didn't go live. Like something, I don't exactly know what happened because I wasn't running the, the tech, but it didn't go live and it took us, I don't know, four or five minutes to get it like sorted out. And eventually we got live and we just went on with the show and it, it was all good. It was a minor blip in the grand scheme of it being our first one mm -hmm. and two cameras and two mics and all the things that we were trying to pull off literally in somebody's spare bedroom. It was the craziest thing, but super fun. The second one, which was a little different, we did a, we launched this free media product for churches. Churches oftentimes, especially small churches, need graphics and photography and social media resources, things like that. So we launched a big library of just free graphics for churches. And we did it in December, almost like a Christmas present to our customers. And it was the way everything went wrong. Literally everything went wrong. We were all, we were in three different locations. So this wasn't one where we came together in one spot. This was Dean was at his house. I was at my house. Levi, who was running it was at his house. Levi was controlling. Yeah. We, Levi was controlling it. I don't remember what we were using. It wasn't the tool's fault. It was certainly our fault, but I think we were using livestream.com or something like that, but just everything went wrong. Like we didn't go live. Levi's screen locked up. He literally just froze and had to restart it. And then like, he was trying to share screen and share screen didn't work. And then his mic didn't work. It was just every, everything went wrong. And we had to pause and just make things up to talk about. So we did our best to get through it. And then what we did after the show, I think was the best part is we just made a bloopers reel and we made like a two minute, I don't know if it was, maybe it was a minute, 60, 90 seconds, like a full bloopers reel of just all the mistakes. And we put that out on Facebook and YouTube and put it in our social media and just had fun with it. And it was a good time. We just kind of made fun of ourselves after it being that bad because it that's was pretty good. bad. That's the best though. That's self-aware humor. I find where it's, we messed up, but we're still here. We're still going, come watch our next show. And it like builds onto your brand of these cool people that you can jump in their chat and hang out with them. And it's yeah. not going to be too, don't say that, don't do this kind of thing. Oh, it was bad, y'all. Like really bad. <laughs> but the blooper reel was pretty funny. It made it all worth it. Uh, I'm going to have to look up that uh, blooper reel after. Maybe I'll link it below after the stream. I think it's got to be on our YouTube channel. So that's probably the best way to find it. Got it. All right. That kind of brings me nice into the uh, next question that I had here, which was, you learned a lot from that stream where it was like one thing after another. What thing can people do or even churches do to plan their stream so that as little can go wrong as possible? Like what kind of your, what were your takeaways from that made your next stream even better? Yeah. Have a really good tech guy who like pre-runs everything. And our guy actually was really good. Something just went down that day. But I think it's, it's like all the things, right? If you've planned a church service or you're around or you're part of that process, you, you plan everything. You have an agenda and you wait for the time church starts and we're going to do two songs and then somebody's going to do a welcome and then pray. And then pastor's going to get up and teach a lesson. And after the lesson, we're going to take up, it's going to be our giving moment. And then we're going to do three more songs and worship to end the service. Like you have this whole order of service. 
and know who's in what slots and if you're playing a video or how you're doing announcements or like you've planned it all out. It's the same with live streaming. You've got all, you got to make sure you got your cameras dialed in and your microphones dialed in and you got to know what product you're using. If you're going to use Restream or you're using a lot of churches just go real basic and okay, we're going Facebook live or we're going YouTube live and they go one place, have all that sorted out and do some dry runs. Like, and you don't have to do the whole thing. Okay. Whether you're going to be in person or you're all in separate places, run the thing and do a dry run, make sure everybody's stuff works, make sure nobody changes anything. And you just practice it, make sure all the tech is working. I think that's the biggest thing. And you'll learn little things along the way. Oh, you should play like Randy did before this show. There's like a one minute countdown or see, I don't know if it was a minute, but there's a countdown. You should have a countdown because there's a delay that happens when you're going live and it lets people get on the show. And then you'll learn things about lighting and audio and all the other things. But I just think, yeah, rehearsing a little bit, knowing your technology, whatever you're using so that it's not like you're learning on the fly and you're not confused by something along the way. That's perfect. I think that's perfect advice. Kind of run your rehearsal jump in, learn the technology that you're going to uh, be using. And when it comes down to it, when those issues happen, clip them all together, throw them in a blooper reel and use them to promote yourself. Like, And have a good tech guy or a good person on your team who really knows the tech and how to run the show. That way, if you're the person on, you're not also like running the show. I think that helps a ton, alleviate the stress and divide and conquer the jobs of going live. Well, we're coming to the end of our show here. So I'd love to give you uh, an open floor to talk directly to our audience, let them know what you've got going on, what Tithely's got going on and, and where they can connect with you. Yeah, man, Tithely, we make software that just helps churches, whether it's engaging with their membership, engaging with their community, doing more giving via our mobile app. So we, we do a bunch of things. I, I don't know what this audience is, but if you want to learn more about what Tithely is up to. The website is just T-I-T-H-E.ly. I think it's up on the screen. You can check us out. We're also Tithely. You can find Tithely anywhere, right? If you go to Instagram or if we're on LinkedIn right now or YouTube, you can just look up Tithely and you'll find us. But yeah, we love helping churches. We love going live. So if you ever want to watch, we have another one coming up March 30th. So if you want to watch our live show and see what it's like, you can check us out. Just go to tithe.ly forward slash next N-E-X-T. And that's the registration page. So you'll know, uh, you'll get notified when we go live on March 30th and you can watch how we do it. And I'll just throw that up on screen for you there. Yeah, that's perfect. I actually think that page went live today. Oh, it's almost right. It's T-I-T-H-E. It's My coming, man. it's coming. And I'm gonna throw it in the chat as well for everybody. So you can just click it perfect. right away. There it's in chat and it's on screen it's yeah on. that's perfect all right thanks so much for joining us today it was a great conversation sorry that we went live a little off schedule today but still i think we had a great conversation yeah lots of stuff here for our viewers to learn from yeah happy to do it man thanks randy have a good one yeah see ya all right Hello everyone and welcome back. This is Creator Spotlight, our conversation with content creators and amazing people who do epic things with live videos. I'm your host, Randy. 
today we have a excellent show planned for you today. We're going to go over all the facets of live streaming for churches, including marketing them as well. But before we get into that, I just want to talk a bit about Restream Studio. Restream Studio is what we're using to host today's show. It goes live to all of your multiple channels at once and is by far the simplest way to go live. If you want to start your own live show using Restream Studio, you can start it going using restream.io slash studio. As I said before, our conversation today is about live streaming and marketing for churches with our guest, Frank Berry, part of the founding team and CEO at Thively. Or Thively and I'm sure he's going to jump on and correct me with the pronunciation. I've been struggling with that a little bit. He is a marketing and technology professional with nearly 10 years of service in the software industry. Frank has also spent time working with in-demand uh, generation marketing, product marketing, and other professional services. 